It's Saturday, and I'm Kramer. It's Saturday's a Kramer, right here on the podcasted version. We are not live on 1660 The Bet, but we will be next Saturday, as I'm currently in Lake of the Ozarks. This is being actually recorded on July 12th. Yes, it's recorded on Wednesday. So some of this stuff may or may not be in uh, an importance, but you know what? Everything is important to me, especially when it comes to Major League Baseball. So today, we will discuss the Home Run Derby. The All-Star Game, just my little tiny tidbits of reviews, my buyers and sellers of the trade deadline, and the impact of Aaron Judge and Mike Trout being gone and hurt from their clubs. But let's start things first with the Home Run Derby. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. defeated Randy Arozarena in the final round, and it, it just hurts. And I mean it hurts with, with all of my might. Watching this All-Star Game, knowing that, especially the Home Run Derby too, knowing that Adolis Garcia... And Radio Rosarena, we all know this. We're in the Cardinals organization at one point in time. And they're not there anymore. And they're representing their teams in the Home Run Derby. And also the All-Star Game. They were All-Star Game starters. Heck, even Zach Gallon um, was the All-Star starter for the National League, who was at one point in time in the organization for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yep, but he's an Arizona Diamondback now, so that tells you how that went. But, no, this was awesome. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. winning it. It was, what, 16, 17 years ago when his father did it. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Sr., Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Sr. No, Vlad Sr. did it in, uh, in San Francisco back in 07. But that was awesome. But I'll tell you what, I love the Home Run Derby. Heck, I participated in one when I was 10 years old at this baseball field up in St. Joseph. At the time, it was called Lions Field. Now it's called Mason Adams Field. And at 10 years old, yours truly won a Home Run Derby there. Granted, it was also a 200-foot fence that's there that's 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 how deep it is all around 200 feet now it's 10 years old that's kind of impressive okay all right back off on the jabs there but i also went to the home derby back in 2012 when the kansas city royals hosted it and it was it was fancy because that was before the new rules and i think i they truly need to bring the 10 out method back and now it's probably one of the biggest baseball purest things that i probably are i'm saying right now but it's the truth I am finding it hard to follow this home run derby with how this is format set up, especially with the, the three minute timer. And these guys just keep hitting the ball, hitting the ball, hitting the ball. Like I think I saw Randy Rosarena take about 100 swings in his final round, and only like 10 of them went over the fence. Like it was a lot of swings with a little less of the home run power pop that way. So it's kind of cool to see some of the stats where guys were 70% of hitting home runs uh, on the ones that they barreled up and they swung. I think that's what I saw with Julio Rodriguez. But it is time to bring adopt the 10-out method back. Because I need the more magical crowd reactions. We, we got it a little bit there, one when the crowd was chanting, Julio, Julio, Julio. Yeah, that was cool. That was awesome. I, I, it was fantastic, especially because he was the the home crowd, the home um, crowd favorite there. Because, I mean, the home team, they're in Seattle. But I miss the oohs and ahs and the spectacular, like, performances like we saw what Josh Hamilton did during the, against the at, at Yankee Stadium when he was hitting the home runs there. I think that was back in like 08 or 09 that he was doing that. Put a performance there. All the crowd and the match respect to him. Heck, even the crowd got into it during this time when Randy, when people were thinking that he was going to possibly tie Vladimir Guerrero Jr. In, um, uh, in the final round, which by the way, this you know how like they think the dunk contest isn't really a thing anymore for um, a, a well-known 
hot commodity athletes in the NBA. No, hot commodity athletes in Major League Baseball are participating in the Home and Derby, which I thoroughly enjoy. How many times are we going to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. do it now? Probably not since he already won, but we keep seeing Pete Alonso, the home run hitting machine Pete Alonso, always back in it. And heck, he was dethroned by Julio Rodriguez once again like he did last year, so he may not be back in this one. But that's it. I, I need the drama back. I need that drama back in the home run derby, and I think the 10-out method will bring that there. And it'll also fix how bad and terrible the camera angles were during this entire home run derby. I found it very hard to follow. I, I felt like I was like trying to count in my head whether or not this looked like that swing was a home run, and, and if it was or wasn't, and we'll know on the, the tally mark, which was a little bit behind every single home run. It was delayed quite a bit, because I don't think they even knew how many home runs it was either. But the camera angles that we were getting are terrible, especially on the, the, the main feed with Carl Ravish and Eduardo uh, um, uh, Eduardo Perez. They've all I can all I can think of and remember hearing is saying, "Oh, they need to get the 440. They need to get the 440, 440, 440, 440." I get that's the bonus time, but you don't need to keep saying that every 30 seconds, especially during that during that entire derby. You didn't need to say that. And the angles are terrible. Just give me the behind-the-back angle. But if you go to the StatCast version over on ESPN2, I find myself, I was looking more at that box on the right because it was taking up the majority of my 50-inch TV screen. And I kept watching that. I'm like, I'm not even watching the Homer Derby. I'm watching like a, a video game thing on the right side trying to traject the stuff. I mean, I get it's a cool concept, but it's not for me. I need that 10-out method, and I'll just eliminate all this in the one camera angle, wait till the ball hits the, the thing to where we don't see... The ball shaggers get absolutely drilled in the face. Can you imagine when Randy Orozarena would just keep on swinging and 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 even more swinging? Can you imagine trying to be a ball shagger during that? Because I'm like, oh crap, I need to worry about this one. Oh no, where'd the ball go? Where'd the ball? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? A ball went off the the Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s bat at 115 miles per hour. Square the kid up right in the face. Right in the face. That's it's. For safety precaution, too, you need to bring it and adapt the 10-out method back. And everybody will be all on board with it, especially if you put the safety aspect measure on it. If they don't, then you're not going to see the 10-out method back. But I, I really do think they need to bring that back just because of this reason, reason alone. Because it is absolutely dangerous. Heck, two years ago when Pete Alonso was vibing and bopping um, to, uh, to whatever song that was playing over at, at Coors Field, we're trying to help a kid... Walk off the field who possibly tore his ACL or a meniscus or whatever in his knee. He was those limping off the field being two people. He's in the middle or carrying him basically off the field because he hurt himself ball shagging. It's not good. You need to you need to you need to bring it back. And then so yeah, now Vlad won the home run derby. Now let's go to the all-star game. The American League won. <laughs> no, they didn't. They didn't they didn't go ten wins. National League won. The final score three to two. Elias Diaz hit a uh, hit a go ahead home run. I mean the game. Like, I mean he hit a two run shot to put them in the lead. So yeah, go ahead home run. But my only suggestion and suggestion that I have is if the AL and NL are going to wear the same uniforms, fans should definitely vote the players in like normal. But have the most voted player from the American League and from the National League be like team captains. And then they get the pick of the pool of players that get voted in by the peers, the votes from the fans, and also the, the replacements from the injuries um, aspects or the players who don't want to go in there. I think we need to adopt that method from what the NBA does, like the Team LeBron versus Team Durant. So this one would have been the Team Acuna's versus the Team Otani's. 
which I've been fine. And then Otani and Ronald will get to pick which guy they want, a snake-style draft. I think they should do that. Televise it. Boom. Fantastic. Pay me money now because I gave you a great idea, even though you're adopting it from the NBA. This needs to happen because this game is a glorified exhibition. It's not like you're going to get anything out of it in return, kind of like how they used to, where whoever won between the AL and NL would give themselves home field advantage from the for the World Series, which, if you think about it now, it's kind of wild to think that that actually was the stipulation of the All-Star game when it should have been a glorified expedition, exhibition the entire time, but it wasn't. So it's, it's, it's cool how this All-Star game has transformed to being what it is. You can do more to it, especially with those god-awful uniforms, too. It's, I mean, uniforms weren't bad. They weren't good. But it felt like the batting helmets for the, for the American League and National League, it seemed like they said, hey, go out to Dick Sporting Goods, Academy Sports, you name it, find the cheapest-looking helmets and come back because we had uh, Susie on her cricket um, stencil out the A and the N, so we're going to slap that on there. They did the most cheap and lazy way of making the helmets for the batters look at least somewhat decent. I, I, I mean, give them some more pizzazz. I Give them the, like, to where the players can make any type of design they want to show themselves their personality because you're not seeing that personality anymore. You're not seeing that player of like, oh, Who's that? Like we could we could point out which of the Cardinals players. We could point out which one of the Royals players are. We can point out which one of the Colorado Rockies players are. We can't do that now because everyone's wearing the exact same uniform. The only thing that's been different is the logo on the baseball cap that they're wearing on the field. And if you already know the player, and like, oh yeah, no, Adley Rutschman plays the Baltimore Orioles. I, I I would get that. But if I would ask my fiance, like, hey, do you know what team Adley Rutschman plays for? She'd be like, that that green team that he's wearing right now. No, no, he plays the Baltimore Orioles, which is a black and orange team. So. We need to help differentiate the players still. And maybe it's the pizzazz that they can put. Cause, I mean, we already saw the batter, the the, the bats uh, that the batters used are a little bit different. Which, by the way, that Luis Robert home run derby bat was absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. So yeah, no, I think they need to bring more personality for themselves during the All Star game. Cause, I mean, it's only growing. I mean, why, why not? So why not? So no, it was fun. It was it was good. Uh, I wish they could have done more. Really wish they could have done more, especially with the design of the helmets, but. Yeah, no, the National League beat the American League third two. So give yourself a pat on the bat. This Diaz also MVP of that. Fantastic for you because that's just that's just ching in your pocket, which is always what I want for people. Always what I want for people is get as much money as possible. Get that bread. Go get that bread. Now let's talk about our buyers and let's talk about our sellers here in Major League Baseball. The trade deadline is approaching rather quickly. Once this is posted, I believe it will be uh, about. 15 to 16 days until the trade deadline is among us once this thing's um, released. And I have my buyers and I have my sellers. My buyers, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they're the number one on the list. They are a good, and I mean good, baseball team. They have actually proved me wrong. I thought they were going to take the, I thought they were going to get the under. And, and, uh, and under 70, I think 70 and a half, 75 and a half wins, I took the under. And I thought, you know what? I felt pretty confident. They're sitting at 52-39 and 39 in the regular season right now. They are tied for first, first place in the National League West with the Arizona Diamondbacks. No, with the Los Angeles Dodgers. But you're probably thinking, Kramer, what do you think that they could honestly, honestly bring to the table here? Or what can they add to the addition? Pitching, clearly. Maybe another bat. I don't know. They just need to go out there and buy. They need to buy as much as they can because their their window open. Their window is open right now. It's whether or not what they can do to 
keep this window open and not closed because they don't want to shoot themselves in the foot if you know you have a good team. Now, heck, they may not want to buy right now. They may wait till the offseason. They think that this team can be the one that can get them over the hump as is and just worry about making it to further into the postseason. And I think that would be a, a fun sense of thing for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And maybe they just acquire people in the offseason and they don't want to buy it as much because they may not have much to sell or may not have much to, for trading power. So if anybody needs to buy it, I think it might be the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, secondly, the Miami Marlins. They are in a good situation right now to where they don't need to acquire pitching. Sandy Alcantara might get back into his National League Cy Young form from last season, and that can only make things clearly better for the for the Miami Marlins because they just need to get a good at bat. Jorge Soler has been fantastic. Luis Arise has been hitting left and right. And heck, who knows? Maybe Luis Arise gets moved back to second base, which his normal spot is. And they go out there and get like a Paul Goldschmidt from the St. Louis Cardinals. That might be in that might be in play. It might be in play. Who knows? Who knows when the St. Louis Cardinals are at this point? And then yeah, that's a little teaser right there. They might be in my sellers here. But no, the Miami Marlins could get another bat because they know they have the pitching. Yuri Perez, fantastic. I absolutely love this guy. He's a great acquisition on my fantasy team and when he first debuted, been on my team ever since. So you know, I think the Miami Marlins are also a team that is a buyer at the deadline. My fourth team, my third team actually, the Cleveland Guardians. Cleveland just needs to act now because they are only a half a game up on the Minnesota Twins because the Twins could possibly buy as well. The Guardians have, I would say, a little more upside. They're six and four heading into the from the All Star break. We'll see how this how they are on Friday and also from this past Friday and also today on Saturday. They uh, sitting at forty five and forty five at the All Star break. It's always good because this division is such a winnable division. It is absolutely wild. And I, they just, just go out there and get a bat. Go out there and get a pitching. Like, you just continue to improve your team to where you know you can contend and possibly make a big push into the postseason. So that's my other buyer. And last, my fourth buyer, the Seattle Mariners. They are a game up on the Angels, six games out of first place against the Texas Rangers, and they're sitting at 45-44. and 44. Get them some players that help them out. They already got their veteran presence of players up and down, throughout their lineup, on the bench, in the pitching rotation. And I thought they were going to get more out of Chris Flexen this year. Granted, he's a free agent now. He's been DFA'd multiple times between different types of teams. He is a free agent, though. Uh, Last team, he was actually on the New York Mets. They just need pitching. That's that's it. The pitching can't really stay healthy. But they just need pitching, and that will get them over the hump. So Seattle is going to be a buyer at the deadline. All right, let's go to my sellers, because this team's going to be selling, because I already know that the buyers will be wanting to get get whatever they want from the sellers. Let's start off with my team, the St. Louis Cardinals. A few months ago, maybe a month and a half ago, I thought the Cardinals would be buyers at this point in time. They're not. They're last place in the division. It's sad. It's brutal. And then to, on Wednesday, John Mozeliak pretty much said that we're going to be trading. So be, be prepared. We're going, to, we're going to be trading. Trading? Are we trading away? Which we're acquiring? What, what are we doing here? And if I go to this team, I can think of so many players that can be sent. Paul Goldschmidt could be one of them. Brandon Donovan. Nolan Arenado, which I don't think will actually be traded because he wants to stay in St. Louis. But Brandon Donovan. Tommy Edmond. Alec Burleson, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson. Heck, even Nolan Gorman could be on the list of being dealt somewhere else because the Cardinals pit, even Jordan Montgomery, even though you got acquired him last year at the deadline for Harrison Bader. 
there could be so many moves, a flurry of moves that could happen for the St. Louis Cardinals organization that I'm actually kind of scared to see what the finished product's going to look like when it comes time to the end of September. So I'm curious what the Cardinals are going to do because they will be selling. They will be selling a lot. A lot of players will be sold off the St. Louis Cardinals. Now let's go to my other team in Washington, Washington. No, there's a W there. Chicago White Sox. This was said after the Cardinals and White Sox series. I'm overpass this last week on NBC Sports Chicago. Chuck and Ozzy both agree that the White Sox window is closed and locked. Uh, if, if the expectation was different, you can feel a different way. Mm-hmm. Yes, but the expectation was too high. Last couple of years, mm-hmm. the, 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 the window is closed. It's closed. It's closed. The window I mean, is closed and locked. It's, it's going to take a miracle. I'm not saying a miracle. That's the wrong way of putting it. We've been waiting here for them to come around, come around, come around. They're going to have to not just have a massive comeback after the All-Star break to prevent them from selling but and then somehow keep this window open. I, I, how could you see that this team I, is – how could you see that the window is still open? It's tough. Uh, to, I am trying to be the most positive, positive person about this team. It's very difficult for me to do that right now. Uh, Luis Roberts gone. He'll be traded. Lance Lynn, Luke Gilito, Michael Kopech, Eloy Jimenez, Tim Anderson. He's a definitely the scenery change. Like Gavin Sheets, maybe. Like there's so many players on this White Sox team that have been held back so much. Just think of the 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 thing that the Chicago White Sox did wrong was hiring Tony Larusa. Love Tony Larusa when he was a St. Louis Cardinals manager. Other than since 2011, really haven't been a big fan of Tony Russo whatsoever. Things need to change in Chicago. Liquidating this is be, be the best thing possible for them because they have won. They're in a winning, winnable division. But you're sitting at 38-54 and 54 with all this talent on the field. It's not a good look for your team. Not a good look for your team whatsoever. When you should be beating up on, which they already are, the Kansas City Royals and the Detroit Tigers, who I believe are to the bottom of the worst teams in this division. But the Chicago White Sox are like, hold my beer. We're one of the worst as well. 3-7 and seven entering the All-Star break. They lost the last two. They, they, they lost the series against the St. Louis Cardinals to make it to, and before the All-Star break. But, man, this run differential is a minus six, 67. And they have scored the most runs in this division at 382. The next closest team was 380, and that's the Minnesota Twins. This team had so much upside, but they just cannot win and cannot, I guess, stay healthy or their pitching isn't just as great as they thought it was going to be. But that's why the, the Chicago White Sox are going to be a team that's going to be, be selling worthy. Another one. My fans is head-scratcher, but... They're eight and, a half, eight and a half games out of first place, and they're not—they're not catching the Dodgers. They're not catching the Diamondbacks. They're not catching the Giants. But they're just going to be the San Diego Padres. San Diego Padres are not going to do much. And I can see a guy like Juan Soto being sent. And it's funny, Derek Jeter after the All Star game last night on Fox, he had this to say about Juan Soto, and eh, he could be a Yankee. And I, I kind of—I kind of agree. Page, but. A couple things have to happen. One, I do believe that San Diego Padres could get hot and really make some waves in the National League West. But if they don't, you know, it's not too late, but the sun's starting to set. If they don't have a good next couple weeks, I wouldn't mind seeing the Yankees go out and get Juan Soto. Oh, wow. Especially, especially, you know, you don't know how long Judge is going to be out. They need some offense. I think it makes sense. And, 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 And where would you play him, G? Wherever you want. Put him in left or right. There you go. Just made Karen. 
That was Kevin Burkhart, Alex Rodriguez, and David Ortiz reacting to what he had to say live. And I can see it happening. Just imagine if if we see Aaron Judge back in a uniform, the Yankees uniform, uh, to finish out the season. That's a murderous row of lineup. Like, that is such a good lineup. But, I mean, I can also see Swanson being a Boston Red Sox. Don't get me wrong. I can see him going somewhere that else can help contend to a team. But, my goodness, San Diego Padres. Blake Snell could be gone. I could see them moving Jake Cronenworth or a Ha Seung Kim or a Fernando Tatis Jr. I could see that happening. I could. I really could. I could see that happening um, a full hardly. So expect the Padres to move, to sell. And lastly, lastly, the Los Angeles Angels. Just one player, though. Just one player. And it's a sell worthy of two players. Because he can pitch and hit. I believe Shohei Otani will be dealt at the deadline for a stupid amount of players just for a rental. Whether if that is playing for the Los, staying there in Los Angeles, maybe going to Los Angeles Dodgers, New York Yankees. Heck, even the Kansas City Royals. I could see any team right now, they should at least figure out, like, hey, so what, what would it take? Call him on the line. Like, what would it take for us to get Shohei Otani? Like, what are you, what are you sending? What are you, what are you, what are you going to oh, trade us for? We already know that the Angels owner does not want to trade him because his family would hate him after that. But if you're going to think about your future, I know I said it last week, you got to trade him. I think he will be traded, and it's going to be a massive hole. Aaron Judge and Mike Trouts. Two of the biggest stars in Major League Baseball are both hurt right now, and we'll start with Aaron Judge. He hasn't played since he ran into that wall, broke the wall actually, ran through the wall out there, the bullpen wall for the Dodgers in L.A., out there at Chavez Ravine. He hasn't been back since, and it concerns me because he's been hobbling around everywhere. And people have been saying it and grading it as like a plantar fasciitis type of, of feeling in his feet, which I've had plantar fasciitis before. It absolutely sucks. It is terrible to walk if you have plantar fasciitis. He is hobbling around from this toe injury, and he's walking like he has plantar fasciitis still, even when he's playing catch, hitting off the tee. He still feels this so much, and the thing that concerns me is one, he just signed that deal, so it sucks. All the Yankees will have uh, Yankees money will be eaten by him. Is this possibly career ending? Is this career? Is this possibly a career ending injury for a guy who's in the midst of his prime? I absolutely hope not. I would feel so bad for the guy. I would I would be in tears and shambles because I want to see what his best ability is. Heck, what he's still in the top ten in home runs in the American League, and he's only played less than half the season. Like he is such a tremendous talent. I need to see him on the field, and I hope it's we haven't seen the last of Aaron Judge because I need him back and back healthy. Now Mike Trout. That hammock bone that he broke in his hand, already gone. It's going to be such, and I mean such, a mindset for him, the mental block, for him to get back in that batter's box again to grip a bat. We already know how bad the Angels are without Mike Trout. They're they're one and nine in their last ten. They've lost their last five. That was that's going into the All Star break. They're sitting at forty five and forty six on the twelfth of July. Or a game under five hundred. Remember this is the team that's wasn't that bad at all this season. And 
we already know that the American League West isn't really wide open, but it, I think it's the Texas Rangers to win. I don't think the Houston Astros are going to win this division, which is, is wild to think. It's, it's actually kind of laughable. But injuries have been plaguing them like throughout this entire season. Seattle has 7-3 in the last 10. They're starting to work their way up. So it's all – I'm curious what it's going to look like post-All-Star break. Once the All-Star break is over with – and we get to that, that leeway between the first couple weeks and the last weeks of the of the month of July, knowing the trades are going to be happening here soon. They need Mike Trout out there. Because if Mike Trout is not out there and healthy, you're going to have to say goodbye to Shohei Otani. You just have to. You will just have to. But yeah, no. That's, that will do it for here for this another abbreviated edition of Saturdays with Kramer. Hope you all have a wonderful weekend, rest of your day, evening, however, or whenever you are listening to this. As always, go out there and put a smile on your face because you never know who you need to see it because positivity is the best way possible, especially in a world that we live in. Have a good one, everybody.